welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you have tuned in today to learn a little bit more about the stories you are living by, the stories you are writing, the stories you are creating in your books, blogs, brands, your TED Talks, or maybe, maybe, maybe even in your love letters. We come to you live every Thursday, Pacific Time, 4 p.m. every Thursday, and we offer you a replay here at KKNW, uh, Pacific Time, 6 a.m. for that nice commute on Friday mornings, or if you are listening through the app an Eastern time zone that is at 9 a.m. And I am always happy to find out you are listening and that ideas are ringing true with you. And I'm always happy to find out that there are some topics you would like me to cover. And for those of you who are saying, well, how do those people get through? You just send me a little email. Write to Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. If you spell it differently, I have no idea who you're going to reach. Spell it D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. You can also go to my website, CoachDebbie.com. You're only going to see a couple of live pages there. Wait until you see what's coming. Oh, my goodness, it's getting so pretty. But all of that will be launched up there very, very soon. So what we are getting into here today, as always, we're focusing on words. But we're bringing in just a little bit more here. We're going to look at words and wisdom and your wealth. Oh, wow. Just to throw in another fourth W word, your words, your wisdom, and your wealth, that should be mind-blowing right there. If you want to talk about that at all, you can also give me a little call here, and the number is 1-888-298-5569. Anything at all on your mind about your words, your wisdom, your wealth, your book, your blog, your brand... We can talk about it. We can work it out right here, right now. All we need to know is your first name. And if you'd like to give it up, let us know what city you're calling in from. We will be happy to take your calls. And I also have my Facebook open as well. So please head over to Coach Debbie or to Debbie Handrich and just pop in a little note there. Hey, have you joined my Facebook little group? We have mm, about 100 people hanging out there. It's Story You with Coach Debbie, and it's open, so you can just click on it. And as long as you agree to be a nice person, you can come in. It's real simple, real simple, and I'd love to have you along. So let's get into these words, these words that are on your mind. And what does wisdom and wealth have to do with your words? Has everything to do with your words? When you are listening to your wisdom, 
your words are going to lead you to your wealth. Mm, really? When I'm listening to my wisdom, but where is my wisdom? Some people want to know. I, I haven't seen or heard from my wisdom in a long time. Well, I understand the dilemma here. I do have a very quick remedy, and then I have many, many steps as well that you can go through over time. But you know, you know right now what my quick remedy is if you've been following me for three minutes or more. I could, I could challenge Eric and see if he knows the answer to the question. But I know he knows, so I'm not going to even try to trip him up. It's called daily journaling. Daily journaling is going to lead... Daily journaling is going to lead you back to your wisdom so quickly. When you start, you might think, I'm not seeing my wisdom, and I'm not even sure what to say, and I don't even know how long this is going to take. The good news is you're in luck. You can always join my 40-day boot camp where I set you up with writing prompts that get you into journaling. It helps you start to listen to your mind. Now, my coach, Robert Holden, he is in London. He is with Hay House, and he teaches a wonderful class called Everyday Miracles, and it's all about A Course in Miracles. He is great at creating just off-the-cuff really wonderful journaling questions for us. And I've noticed that it always begins with one way. So he'll say something like, one way I might connect with my journal today is, and then we have the chance to fill in the blank. So let's try this. If you're thinking your wisdom is so far away, let's try just for a minute seeing if we can hone it in. One way I might connect with my wisdom is, my, the first answer that comes to me is, well, one way I could connect to my wisdom is picking up the phone and talking to a trusted relative right there. Call my mom, call my dad, call my brother, call someone I trust and have a conversation. That's just one way to tap into my wisdom. Okay. One more way to acknowledge, feel into, be with my wisdom is read a book. Oh, you can even just read one page of a book today. Another way to tap into my wisdom is to share in a journal what I've been going through, to let my mind see my thoughts. Now, here's the really cool thing about a journal. You don't, you don't have to spell nicely. You don't have to think about grammar. You don't have to worry that anyone's going to read it because it's yours. You right now have the wisdom to keep your journal in a nice, safe place 
where you and your thoughts can carry on together, and there's no one looking over your shoulder telling you you shouldn't write this or you should try to write that. It's not about that. When you're doing your journaling, you're also not at that very moment. You're not writing your latest blog post. You're not writing your TED Talk speech. You're not working on your book. You're journaling. And who are you journaling with? Your wisdom. Now, sometimes you might have to start off really nagging and complaining before your wisdom will wake up from its happy nap and and give you some ideas. I find this is true. When I come to my journal and I'm having a bad evening because I thought the day was going to go better, and I start just telling it everything, and I say, come on, give me a little break here. What am I going to do about this? Can you even believe that? And pretty soon I start to hear my journal talk back to me. But what it really is, it's really my wisdom. It's my wisdom saying, well, now if you had such a hard day, is that because you didn't stop once all day? Oh, hmm. Oh, that could be part of it. Your wisdom might say, ah, well, if you were having such a hard day, did you take it to a trusted friend? Oh. No, no, I didn't do that. Well, if you are having such a hard day, did you get up and move around and go somewhere that you wanted to be? (gasps) Oh, no, I didn't think of that. See how quickly we find our way back to our wisdom? And all we have to do is start blaring out the complaints, and it shows up and says, hey, now, hey. I got some ideas for you, none of which you put into practice today, but I have some ideas that'll lead you right back to listening to your real, true, honest wisdom. It's in there. Now, it's easy again to start an argument and say, but I wasn't the smartest kid in school. I didn't even finish school, some might say. But I was never acknowledged for my great ideas. But I don't even know if this is a wonderful idea. You start saying that, you start putting that in your journal, your wisdom is going to show up again and say, now, why do you think people that finish school are the smart ones? What were you doing instead of school? And you might say, oh, I don't know that I want to write down what I was up to. And your wisdom might say, sounds like you needed to get some things out of your system. Oh, oh. Your wisdom isn't taking that to just justify that, you know, being a rotten little kid will pay off someday. It's not really about that. It's that your wisdom knows if you weren't going to school, If you weren't paying attention in class, if you didn't want to be somewhere that you were being told you needed to be, you probably were just needing a break. Most of us need breaks, and most of us have been raised in such environments where a break, well, 
that's only for the one that really, really, really deserves it. Like the one that really, really went to school and did great for 30 days straight. We all need breaks. And sometimes just 10 minutes into something, we need a break. And our wisdom will often point us to a break. Now, if your break turns into instant debauchery, that's a little bit different. But what I'm talking about here is when your wisdom knows that you need a little more sleep or you need a walk around the block or you need a talk with a friend or you need to just see your thoughts written out on paper in a nice safe journal. Your wisdom will meet you there. Even if you start with a huge complaint, you can count on your wisdom meeting you there. I know from myself, I started journaling when I was only 10 years old. My, my grandmother gave me a journal. We had just moved from San Diego, California, where it was sunny and beautiful every day, to gloomy, rainy, cloudy Seattle. And at least the members of my family, we all thought we were going to die. I mean, we, we just weren't used to this. What's going on here? I wanted to head right back to San Diego. But I also, I didn't really make friends very quickly. And I think I complained about this to my grandmother who not only bought me my first journal, but guess what? It had a lock on it. At 10 years old, when you're allowed to lock something, you're allowed to hold the key, carry it with you, lock something, unlock something whenever you want to. Man, that is freedom. And I think it's possible that because I was associating so much freedom with the pleasure of writing, my wisdom just told me, this is a great thing. You want to keep this going. So at, at this uh, ripe age, way beyond 10 years old, way, way, way beyond 10 years old, I don't necessarily need a physical lock on my journal at this point. But I do keep it in a very safe place. I do keep it near me. When I go on vacation, I take it with me right in my purse. I do not pack it in my, my suitcase just in case somebody else ends up with my suitcase. I keep it with me. I bring it to the radio station sometimes. I'll look over it when I want to see what was I complaining about. What was bothering me one day, and how did I turn that around in my journal simply because I'm conditioned to have a relationship with me? I call that my wisdom. I feel like it's really me hanging out with almost a future version of me almost an accelerated identity of me. And she doesn't let me go far. She doesn't let me slip into some rabbit hole that I can't climb out of. That can easily happen if I don't have a journal. 
But when I have a journal and I'm seeing what I have to say, those words that I'm pouring out, they, they call up the wisdom. And the tenor of those words start to change. And I lead myself back. Now you might be saying, well, I thought we were going to talk about some wealth. We will. We will. We had to start first by looking at our words, getting into where our wisdom lives. But we will be seeing, how could this lead to wealth in any way? Mm-hmm. Contemplate that, or better yet, get on over to your computer and send me a question. We're going to take our first break right here, but when we come back, more about your words, your wisdom, and your wealth. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this time with me where we talk all about the stories you are writing and the next chapter that you are living your life into. I wanted to let you know that I have a little special going on right now. I like to call it my VIP, where you are very, very important. You are at the top of my calendar. Whether we sign on for three days, three weeks, or three months together, a VIP is where you say, listen, I need access to a coach. I'm going through something where I am feeling a lot of change. And what we do is we schedule out these sessions and we really are focusing on the next chapter of your life. What is it that you want to be very creative about? What is it that you want to see come into your world? Now, what a lot of people fear is that, oh, if I want something big, it's going to hurt to get there. And while that has been the case for some, it has not at all been the case for most. In fact, most people I work with are ready for change. They've been telling me, I thought about calling you for two years. <laughs> They're ready for a change. And there might be a little thing that, you know, feels a little itchy, feels a little raw, and we we kind of cater to that for a moment. But I want you to know that when you decide that you are going to up-level and do a VIP for three days, three weeks, three months, that it's it's not about ripping off every single scar that you've ever had and going underneath and getting all scary. That's not what a VIP is based in. 
It's really based in your transformation. And sometimes you're going to get results that blow your mind. I want to just tell you that Becky G., who I had the pleasure of working with for six months, is now envisioning book four. And six months ago, we were working together with book one and the next chapter of her life. Sometimes when you are prime and ready, you just go, go, go. So I really, really would love to talk to you if you have something on your mind. And don't feel like you need to have it all sorted out. The conversation we have is to bring you back to your wisdom and get those words flowing. And that's a lot of what we're talking about here today, your words your wisdom, and your wealth. Now, for many, many people, they think, oh, wealth, some money? Yeah, absolutely. But let's not skip over some other types of wealth, too. I really think that when you are listening to your wisdom, your words are going to start to lead you to your wealth, and you will start to feel wealthier. So it often begins with an emotional feeling. It doesn't necessarily begin with riches first. It often begins with this emotional feeling where you say, wow, I didn't, uh, I didn't know I had all these words in me. But now that I'm sitting here and I'm creating one little chapter after another about my book or the next chapter of my life and what I want to do with it, I'm seeing some results here. I'm seeing some possibilities here. I'm seeing, I mean, people just fill in the blanks right and left. But what happens is you you feel that emotional up-leveling right away. And often you start to tap into the wealth of your intellect. When you are journaling and you're really saying, there's something I want. There's something I desire. There's something I want to bring in to the next chapter of my life. You find this certain intellect with your words. It's coming straight out of you. Makes a whole lot of sense. So your wealth is emotional, but it's also intellectual. And the more you can trust that wealth, the more you're going to feel a sense of of a spiritual guidance where you know your soul, your deepest wisdom is pointing you in a very, very particular and wanted direction. For many people, they say, well, you know, I, I, I had a certain level of religion in my life at one time, and I, I don't know about spirituality. What's interesting is that when I, when I was journaling in about, I want to say my late 20s, I was also going to college at that time. And I, I was seeing the, the division of, you know, state and church and what we were allowed to put in our college papers and what we were not, you know, going to a state school. And I noticed right away, there's a lot of opinion in the hallways about you know, how was, how was religion expressed while we were growing up? 
many, many people didn't even know what the word spirituality referred back to. As I continued to get more and more college education, I also sought education in places with very open forums. And one person, a philosophy instructor, said this, and it's really stuck with me. When he said, when you come to understand the voice inside of you, you see that not only do you have a soul, but it's what's always attracted you to others. It's like an almost instant seeing in others. You see it when they smile. You see a sparkle in their eyes. You might at that moment just see creativity kind of sparkling in front of you, but you're sort of looking at a person's soul, and it is their level of freedom, their spirit, that gives all of us a spirituality. And you can take it on and on and on and on and on into other universes far beyond us. But I liked the idea that it all begins deep inside of us, deep inside of our wisdom. It's something we carry with us. So it's just something that served me over time to feel into this idea that wisdom, that our spirit, that our spirituality, our expression of it, is one of our wealth systems. So never fear, we are going to talk about physical, material wealth, I promise you. But just first, I want to share with you, why is it now that a writer would get stuck? Or someone would get stuck and not necessarily know how to tap back into their words, tap into their wisdom, keep going on on with their ideas. Why is that? And I'm just going to share this. Most of us are deeply programmed into surviving really just on the day-to-day doing our very, very best to survive at one level or another. So, for example, if you're not real happy with the income you're bringing in, there may be some survival going on there. Or if you're not happy with the neighborhood you're living in, could be some survival there. If you're not happy with the person you claimed as spouse and yet you're still sharing a bed. Yowie, there could be some real survival going on there. Maybe that spouse brought home a puppy, and the puppy is taking up more of the bed than you are. I mean, it can go down all kinds of wild and wonderful trails. But survival is instinctual to us. And when we have to focus on our survival, Sometimes it's very, very hard for us to find our way back to just being wise and taking care of the day-to-day. Survival is more of a stress mechanism, and it can even be elevated to that fight-or-flight mechanism. If you're someone who overthinks a lot, you know all about this. You spend a lot of time there. 
I know all about it. <laughs> I have spent a lot of time there, a lot, a lot, a lot of time there. I, I shudder to even think of the dollar amount that I have invested in professionals to help me stop overthinking. But honestly, one of the things that helped me the most, helped me realize that I didn't have to just survive, was that journal. In, in everyday life, even if your income, even if the home you're living in, the spouse you chose, the child you have, the food you put on the table, the furnishings you have, the streets you drive on, even if these things reflect back to you that you haven't reached a certain level of comfort that you're desiring, we do not live in a day-to-day run-from-the-tiger world. We might put that on ourselves, but it's, it's not our truth. And the longer we think it's our truth, the further we get from that wisdom. I brought in just a part of a little note that was sent to me by Marcella, who was a student of mine at Shoreline College when I was really, really new there and young. And this was a note she stuck at the bottom of one of her essays and said, I don't expect to get a very good grade for this. English being my second language means most people do not understand me. I hope you can understand me and that I do okay, because I know if I can be understood, I can be a good writer. Now, I'm just going to stop there. First of all, I cleaned up some of the grammar so that you could understand what she was saying. She was very new to English, and I think for her, being in Seattle was a survival experience. Here's something I see if English is your first language or your 21st language. Here's something I see if your income is okay or rock bottom. I see this all the time, and that is this fear that I have to just take care of my survival because I'm so misunderstood in the world. And since I'm so misunderstood in the world, I had better keep my mouth shut because I just can't find the right words. And if I'm keeping my mouth shut because I'm so misunderstood in the world, I will never, never be one of those wise and free and wealthy people. Well, you know what? If you keep believing that way, I'm going to have to say, you're right. You're right. But it's only a belief. It's only a belief that we have to have our words worked out so well that everyone on the planet will understand us. There are times when I put everything into what I want to say to a person And not only do they misunderstand me, but they hold words against me that I never said. This whole interacting, what it really comes back to is our need to survive and where our stress takes us. But if we get into the habit of really listening to ourselves, 
maybe journaling on the daily, maybe taking a walk when we need a break, maybe getting outside when it's time to stop being so busy, maybe calling up your mom and getting some of her sage advice. When we're taking care of ourselves and our, our listening goes to our own wisdom, words are natural. And here's the really cool part. When you know your words are natural to you and that they're flowing from your wisdom, it doesn't matter quite as much if you're completely understood. In fact, you're going to start to get very accepting of the fact that there will be many times when you're not understood at all. You won't, you won't like it. You won't love it. But you won't have to go to that fight or flight and total survival place that any smart writer, any smart person has a tendency to go to when they can't find their wisdom. I honestly think survival in some way is the opposite of listening to our wisdom. Survival is fear. Survival is stress. And if you truly are standing in front of a tiger, I am so glad your survival instincts have kicked in. But ask yourself, when was the last time you were standing in front of a tiger. I know that there are times when I have experienced too many work hours. That was common for me when I worked at a college. I would put in 60, 70 hours a week. It was commonplace that I didn't have enough money by the end of the month. It was common. Debt and I hung out together a lot. But was there really a tiger in front of me? No. Was I doing a great job creating one? Yeah. How did I break out of that? The journal. The journal helps. Talking to mom helps. Talking to Coach Debbie can help. If you want to, I'll take your call. Talking to your spouse can help. Talking to your spouse can help you realize if you're ever going to talk to them again. There's all kinds of wisdom that will come to you if you can listen to it, but you can't listen to it if you're clouding it up with lots of stress, lots of survival, lots of binging. I used to binge out. In fact, I was just telling Eric that I took him up on his recommendation. I went to this great place that had wonderful burgers and shakes. Oh, man, the shake was good. Salted caramel. And then I lost my mind for about four hours afterwards from the sugar rush. Uh, not Eric's fault at all. I mean, I enjoyed that milkshake to the nth degree. And then I Googled it, and I found out that it's the equivalent of 17 donuts. And you know what? I don't ever think I've eaten 17 donuts in a row before. So it makes sense to me that I did lose my mind for a little while. I was a little off kilter. My brain chemistry, just it wasn't kicking in so well. But back the next day at the journal, I found my words again. I found myself again. And I really, really want to bring this home to you, that no matter what state you're in, no matter how 
deep into the rabbit hole you've gone, whether you're a writer or not. If you're willing to write out some thoughts, even if it starts with a complaint, you're going to find yourself back, back at the place of knowing you need to talk to someone, back at the place of realizing it's time for a writing coach, back at the place of seeing I need to apologize to my spouse, back to the place of realizing it's time to ask for a vacation, back there to your wisdom. It was always inside of you. It does get cluttered up with, you know, milkshakes and whatever else you might reach for. It gets cluttered up if you look out into your world and you think instead of seeing $5 in your bank account, you see a tiger. It will get cluttered up. You are going to need some help. But there is always help. And if you can't find someone, I sure hope you have a journal right there to reach for and to start writing in. Now you're probably saying, she still hasn't told me how this is going to lead to my wealth. Well, I will. Just stay tuned. We're going to take our last break here. I do have time to work with your question. If you want to send it in, we're going to be right back. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.org. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We are talking today about your words and your wisdom and your wealth. Now, if you had a sudden heart attack when I told you my milkshake story. It has been confirmed that at least on the caloric scale, if you were to indulge in a milkshake calorically, is that a word? Calorically? If it's not, start using it. Sounds good. Calorically, it's more like two donuts. Teaspoons per sugar could be more. Who knows? So anyway, hold tight next time you reach for your milkshakes. I love them, though. Aren't they the best thing ever? Don't they just make you feel close to your mom or that wonderful blankie or by the campfire? Oh, I love a good old milkshake. Yum, yum. All right, back to class. Your words, your wisdom, your wealth. How on earth does your words, and your wisdom connect with your wealth. Now, I was telling you that first you're going to run into your emotional wealth when you start listening to your wisdom. You will. You run into that emotional feeling of, ooh, I'm taking my best advice. 
You're also going to run into your intellectual wealth where you're going to find by listening to your wisdom, you have more words, you have more expression inside of you than you thought. And you're also going to notice that spiritually, this part in you, this real soul that you came into the world with, right? This very, very creative being, the one that said yes to things when you were a little kid and the one that said no to things when you were a little kid because that little kid knew what he and she liked, right? I can remember having a very strong no as a two-year-old. I knew what I liked. I knew broccoli was not my favorite thing, still not my favorite thing. I knew how to say yes when I saw a milkshake. It was my favorite thing, still one of my favorite things. That creative energy inside of you knows what it likes to go to and knows what it doesn't. Could change over time, but the essence of your creativity, it's always in there. Might be cluttered up a little bit. Might be hard to find. But if you get back into the practice of listening to it, you will have more words, more connection to your emotions, more connection to your intellect. That wealth can almost instantly be restored. Here's the interesting thing, though. I've been noticing more and more and more and more. The people that are writing about things that are very specific and the people that are writing vulnerably about some specific aspect they are the ones really, really making a lot of money on their books. Now, I did some serious, serious research for you so I would have the numbers. And I conveniently left all that at home. And I meant to check during the break if I could pull it up on my Dropbox. And I cannot. But just off the top of my head, that big clunk was me, just off the top of my head, I'm going to try to recall vaguely what was going on. I wanted to know, when there's someone that is creating a book about something really, 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 really specific, what kind of dollars are they bringing in? Here's something I found. There was somebody out there at the age of something like 14, 15, who told a principal about a situation where she had been bullied. It caught my attention because the early part of her story was similar to mine. But she went far, far, far and away from that to do some excellent work in the world. What started as a conversation with her principal and eventually her principal standing up for her. And this all took place in Kentucky or Tennessee, somewhere around there. And I'm sorry I don't have it in front of you to be really specific. Anyway, what it has led to, she told this vulnerable story about those early days in high school, junior high school. What it has led to is her being a renowned seven-figure speaker 
who charges, are you ready for this? $20,000 every time she gives a speech. She didn't have to divulge that to us, but she did. Now, I don't remember how many books she sold, but it was a lot. I don't remember who her publisher was originally, but it was someone big. I don't remember if she had an agent or not, or if I even read about that. What I recall is that she had a very specific bullying incident that started when she was something like 14 or 15 years old. It left a huge scar on her leg that she showed to the principal, and the principal took action. And that led to her putting together not only a TED Talk, but some books, and she is a seven-figure earner. So go with me here. Her wisdom, right, in those young days, did we follow our wisdom at 14 and 15? It, it often was speaking to us, but most of us at that age, 14 and 15, were afraid of, you know, having, having people look at us, judge us, do anything to us. So often we did not tell. She told. She told of an incident that left a scar on her. Someone in authority took action. So she listened to her wisdom. Eventually, her words led her to the TED Talk stage. Her words led her to publishing. Her words led her to seven figures. Her words are worth $20,000 a speech. I would love to know. I mean, is that 12 minutes of words? How long is that speech? Is it even about the length of time? No way. You know that's not it. It's about the quality of what she is leaving with the people there. When you're charging $20,000 per speech, it's not the average Joe that's bringing you into the arena to speak. It's somebody that is trying to change, alter, improve, enhance, and grow the minds of others in such a way that there will be more and more and more wealth, if not just of knowledge, but perhaps of that corporate company. Here's another story that I wish I had right in front of me, so we're going to have to go with the sketch version of it. I read this story about a young, young man, also from the South, this man being a person of color, who left and went to live abroad and was one of the very few people in his study abroad program. When he came back here to the U.S., he was not only just blown away by the treatment he had accepted when he was here, but how he had never really, and again, I wish I could quote him, I wish I had his words in front of me, but how he had almost accepted 
the abuse of his childhood as normal. That what he had endured was just what a person does endure. It wasn't until he went abroad and he experienced something completely different and found out not only is it not here, not here wherever it was he was studying, but it wouldn't be normal here. Now, when you have a nice little world like normal to wrestle with, you have a lot of undoing programming, we like to call it. That subconscious that has accepted for so long that this is the way it is, is now really tilted on its axis and has to see, oh, oh, I was programmed to believe this. What's going to happen now if I completely reject that program, listen to the wisdom that was always down deeper than that, and do what makes sense to me? You see, my friends, we get so stressed. We get so, so worried that we're not going to fall in line. We get so tongue-tied that if we try to say something differently, that if we want to express ourselves truthfully, that if we want to tap into our deepest wisdom and write a new story for ourselves, we will be completely exiled. It's one of the most common fears. We are afraid that by doing so, we will see tigers in front of us everywhere. So somehow, we go back to the so-called normal life we know, and it might not any longer, in any way, hold us up. Maybe as a young, young person, it's all we had the choice for. It was it. This is where our folks live. This is where I go to school. I have no choice here. Seems normal. But later on, we have a wisdom. It's the same wisdom that it too said, I like milkshakes. Yes. I don't like broccoli. No. It's that same wisdom that knows what it likes, knows what it wants. But now it's wiser. It has words, has an intellect. It has a wealth of emotions. It has so many choices. It's part of maturing. When you're not standing in front of tigers, when you have the choice to listen to your wisdom and your words, you have the choice to direct your life where you want it to go. If you just start by listening to your words, and you might have started when you were really young, like that 14-year-old girl who went and talked to her principal, or that young man from the South who went on a scholarship and studied abroad. There's a point where you mature and you rely on those words. They come right out of your wisdom, and they will lead you to an understanding of yourself 
They'll lead you into sharing with others. They'll lead you into the life that you want to create. And that might be a life as an author. That might be a life as a person who speaks. It might be some other form of creativity. It could be just about anything. But my friends, what I really, really want you to see is that it pays back in so many ways, financially, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, when we listen to our wisdom. That's where we find our real words. And it's always our words that we're willing to say out loud, even if they just started in a journal. When we say them out loud, we start to create the path that's going to write the new chapter of our life. So be intentional when you listen to your words. Be intentional when you tap into your wisdom. It's trying to talk to you. It's trying to direct you. And if you need someone to take you by the hand and walk you back home to your wisdom, ask. Ask those trusted friends. Ask the people around you. If you would like the the help of a coach, please ask me. You can find me at CoachDebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. Just click on Connect and start a conversation. I hope this has helped you, my friends, and I hope it has reminded you that your wisdom has gone nowhere. It's right there inside of you. Namaste, my friends. Mm -hmm.